Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I've got something this morning that I actually talked about on a Wednesday night um, two years ago. And when I looked back over it um, and was just reading through some of my notes, I found that I had so much more. And I'm going to talk about fear, fear not this morning. And I feel like it's very important. People are wanting to step out and move up in things. And sometimes it's just, it's fear that's holding you back and it doesn't have to. You know, we have God's word telling us, you know, how it's really supposed to be. So anyway, so I don't want to get hold of myself. So I made the classic mistake uh, this morning already of standing up here singing at the top of my lungs like I'm Whitney Houston or something. And now I throw <laughs> I usually try to, you know, kind of whisper if I know I'm going to be speaking during praise and worship. But when it's really good and you get into it, you just, you can't help it. And you're not thinking. And then like, uh-oh. <laughs> wasn't supposed to do that. So. so praise God. Go ahead and open up to 2 Timothy 1.7. You know, in the Bible, it says at least, um, oh, quick, before I get into it, um, update on our pastors. They're doing really great. Um, this has been a super, super good trip. Um, Pastor Greg got to go to a Hindu temple last night. And yeah, he said it was, it was amazing. They were so uh, respectful to them. They were honored that they had um, pastors come to their temple. They were, they were excited about it. And they actually, one of them actually asked um, Brother Alan to come back later and preach to his people. I mean, that, that is amazing. So Greg sent me a text of some things that have been happening. It, a lot of you probably follow Christopher Allen on Facebook, and he's always putting stuff up. But in case you don't, some of the things Greg was telling me yesterday, he said, we've had many, many people saved the past few days, numerous deaf ears opened, completely blind eyes or partially blind eyes completely healed, people with side effects from strokes healed. He said the list just goes on and on and on. It's, it's just been really, really great. So, I mean, that's just a few of the things. I'm so afraid he's going to FaceTime me in the middle of my <laughs> my message. Because <laughs> he's, what time is it there now? 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. It's 5 o'clock there. And that's usually exactly when he when he's starts FaceTiming me. Because that's perfect when he's back at the hotel. So I hope he doesn't forget. I mean, so, anyway, are you guys at 2 Timothy 1, 7? Okay. You know, I found in the Bible that... that um, the words fear not were said more than 63 times. They're said at least 63 times. And be not afraid, 28 times. You know, if God had just said fear not one time, it would have been enough for us to say, yes, sir. <laughs> you not think that, you know, maybe that would be important. But he has emphasized it over and over and over. At the very end, I'm going to give you some scriptures, too, that you can take home and uh, meditate on and remember, remember what God's told you. It's, it's a command. He's saying, hey, you know, it wasn't a pep talk. 
he's telling you, you don't have to fear. So it, it's very important, you know, like I said, if God had said it once, but he said it at least 63 times. So to me, that's a big deal. So I felt like this was, even though I had talked about it once, I felt like with the state of the world and everything that's going on or just things in individual people's lives, you know, fear should never hold you back. It shouldn't bother you. It should not be there for you, you know. Second um, Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You know, uh, people have this worldly idea of fear. There's a lot of them, and a lot of people think it's okay. As soon as October starts, if you turn on Dish Network, it's like children of the corn (laughs) and like like every scary movie, Amityville Horror. You know, it's not okay. It's not okay to be afraid, whether you're three or you're 103. And, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And I hope that after today, after listening to this, that fear won't be, it won't be a factor anymore. You will take it completely out of the equation because it doesn't need to be there. It's not a motivator, and it's not something you face. Go face your fears. No, that's the world's idea of how to deal with it, but God has a much better way. Amen? So this scripture is something that stood out to me. You know, this was in 2 Timothy. He, said, he says he's not given us a spirit of fear. That's one, the one negative thing, and then he lists three really positive, powerful things. And I thought, this is just like God in the garden. He gave them all that stuff, you know? And there was that, that one thing, just do not even go there. But we, what do we do as people? We focus on the one thing that we're not supposed to. We should be focusing on, but He's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. And I point to myself, because I'm preaching this, I'm preaching to me, just as much as, it's just, I'm preaching to me, and I'm just sharing it with you. Because everybody has moments where they need to kick fear out the door. Amen? So the Message Bible, I really like how they word it. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. I think I want to concentrate on that part of the scripture. Amen? Calm, well-balanced mind, that's me. Amen? Say, that's me. That is you. One thing about fear that I noticed in my studies was that it actually operates a lot like faith. You begin to believe something, and then you start kind of talking about it, and then it causes you to act. How many times has somebody had their boss send them a message or call them, hey, I need to see you this afternoon? Okay. And so you spend the whole afternoon thinking, what did I do? What did I do? Oh, no. And, and you're thinking about it. And, oh, no. 
oh no. And then you start talking about it and you're telling your coworkers at lunch, I'm getting called in. I don't know. I don't know what I did. I'm really kind of nervous about it. So then you're talking about it and then you're like, oh, I just dread going in. I, I'm, I'm not going to go in. I'm going to call in sick. I'm not going to go to this meeting. And so then you act on it, and it's ridiculous. And then you go in, and they're like, hey, I just want to tell you what a good job you did on this. Or they just have some kind of information you need. You know, how many times do we just, you know, we get crazy about something that's so silly. We just give in to fear right away. But it works a lot like faith. We start thinking about it. We start meditating on it. Then we start talking about it. Oh, I'm just, I'm really nervous about this, or, and then we react to it in a way that God's not designed us to react to it. It's not correct. Fear is actually faith's mortal enemy. There is nothing good about fear. There's nothing positive. There's nothing okay with it. It's, it's just not okay. And, and just settle that, settle that in your minds right now that I, I am not okay with this, and I'm, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm not going to react to it. I'm not going to have it cause me to live my life in a certain way. I will not do it. And sometimes when you think of, sometimes it's, well, it's easy to say, but sometimes if you just look at it from a different perspective, you know, in Timothy it says fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. It, it wants to do something to you. It wants to pull you away from God. It wants to pull your faith out of you. And why? Because we please God with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that's the one thing he's after. That spirit is after your faith. So we're not going to take any part in that. Amen? If he can get your faith out of you, because if you're in total fear about something, you're not in faith. And, and I know you're like, oh, gosh. Now, I'm, I'm going to get further in this. There, it's easy to take care of and move on, though. But if, if the devil can take away your faith, he can take away God's right to move in your life. And that's ultimately what he's after. He doesn't want to see God do stuff in your life. Because then he knows you're going to attract other people, they're going to come to Jesus, and, and it, you know, it's all part of his plan. And he, he wants to foil all of God's plans in any way he can. But he really wants to take your faith. You know, if God could bless us all full of fear and no faith, then in order to be fair in this world, he would have to do that for every person on this planet who has no faith and, no, and is just no faith, full of fear and whatever. He would have to. He's a fair God. And that's not the way that he set it up. We please God with our faith. We take our step of faith when we acknowledge him that we need him. And we ask Jesus into our heart. It's just so simple. And the devil's after, after your faith. And he use, one of his tools is using fear. Fear is a choice. Turn to Psalms 23, 1 through 4. It's so funny because um, Pastor Angela actually said this, I think, last Sunday night. It was in the morning or Sunday night. 
I don't, I don't remember she was saying it to somebody or she just said it, but I remember going, oh, I know that's what I'm going to talk about. That is so perfect. And that's actually one of my points. It's like, yes. It's like, it absolutely is a choice. Yeah, but it just comes on you and, and you know, your, your, your hairs on your arms stick up and all that stuff. We're going to talk about that too. Psalms 23, 1 through 4. And I actually have an enormous amount of notes, so I'm going to have to hurry. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He's making a choice right there. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is David's words. David went through some stuff. I mean, he, the king tried to kill him over and over and over. And he, this is his words. This is him speaking. I, I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through some rough stuff. And if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to feel some things. It's going to feel really ugly. It's going to feel awful. You know, if you go on to read some of the next parts, it talks about you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And I I used to always read that scripture. and And it's just kind of pictured like somebody eating at this table with everyone around them ready to like pounce. And it, but it, then I just kind of went on and never really thought about it more. And I thought, like, who does that? And I realized it's somebody who doesn't care. Those people aren't bothering him. You can be in the midst of that. Everyone could be ready to kill you at your job. You don't have to be afraid. You know, you live for Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> no. Even if you're not, you don't have to. You don't respond out of, out of fear, even if you've made mistakes. You know, God's faithful. God always has a way out. God always has a return. <clears throat> but someone that has made a choice not to care, that's the person who sits at that table and is getting all the goodies while, ever, while all that ugliness and scary stuff is around them. It's somebody that's made a choice. Turn to James 4, 7. Well, how do we deal with fear? How do I deal with it? Now I know that I should never entertain it. What is the best thing to do? James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You rebuke that spirit of fear. And I remember, um, I think it was Pastor Nancy talking about this years ago, how someone, a girl at work had, um, I, I think everyone was getting sick around her or something. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so she started pulling out all of her, all of her healing scriptures and she's confessing them and she's confessing them. And she ended up getting sick. And she, I, I don't know if she came to her and was like, why, why did this happen? It's so frustrating. I, I believe these scriptures. I pulled them out and she's like, She's like, next time you take care of that spirit of fear, says, resist the devil, he will flee from you, then draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
rebuke that spirit of fear. You tell it to go. You have authority. You've got to take your authority. You don't beg God for something you already got. You take authority. You say, get out of here. This is not happening. It's not happening in my life. Put your foot down. You have to go in your room, shut the door, and get away from everyone, and just out loud, you know, whatever you got to do, it will work. God's backing you, you up with your authority. All of heaven is backing you up when you open your mouth and you tell it to go. You get that out the door. Then go to your scriptures that encourage you. Read things, you know, that, that build you up in the area that you're struggling with. Amen? You know, and, and it also it will draw in near to God. I mean, it, you can go with your scriptures or you can just go spend time with him. I mean, God's not anxious. He's not nervous. And when you just get in his presence and you just acknowledge him, I've never gotten his presence and felt like he was uptight. Never one time have I ever felt that way. You know, we come in here on Monday nights and we have prayer. And I'll have just like, you know, all of you, you know, you've got your work day and then you've got your things to do at home. And, and it, sometimes it's just boom, 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 just really busy. And it's like, okay, oh gosh, I got prayer tonight. I, okay, I've got to set all that aside not even think about it and come here and pray for something that doesn't even have to do with me exactly, like not my personal stuff. I'm going to set it aside and pray for this church, you know, whatever it is that we're, we're praying or our vision. And it's like, okay, 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 I can do this. And every single time, you know, that's how I feel. Every single time I walk out of here after doing that, I mean, I mean, legitimately not thinking about my stuff. I'm not in here praying my personal stuff. I set it aside. I put God first. I put this church first. Every Monday, I walk out of here at such peace. I mean, when I get into a good flow with prayer and I'm just in his presence, and I mean, I always walk out with such peace. I mean, you can't not get that stuff from God. The, you hang out with him, the more he rubs off on you. And that's a part of him. And he's so good. I know he's also blessing me for, for doing that. But a big part of it is just hanging out with him. He's calm. He's cool. He's collected. He has a sound mind. And you need that. <laughs> if your day is flustered and crazy, you know, think about coming to prayer because you won't walk out of here the same. Amen. Turn to Psalms 91. I'm really going to have to hurry. Psalms 91, 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. If you're taking notes, these are really good ones to write down. Psalms 91, 10 through 12. No evil shall befall you, nor any, shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash a foot against a stone. You know, you're, you're going to feel rough if you have a day where a thousand fall at your left side and ten thousand fall at your right. You're going to feel it. It has nothing to do with feelings. Nothing. Feelings don't tell you what you believe. Ever, 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 ever. 
Feelings don't tell you what you believe. Never. Because you get in the midst of something, you can, you can trust God and you can be full of faith, but your feelings, you know, things can look really bad. It can be scary. And you, don't, you still don't have to yield if you're, you stand on what you believe. And the more you do it and the more situations arise, it just gets easier and easier. You know, you're, you build your faith in that area and you, you, you remind yourself, oh, yeah, I have authority. I don't have to yield. I don't even have to think about that stuff. Amen. Say, I refuse to fear. Let's say it like we mean it. <laughs> I refuse to be awake. <laughs> I refuse to fear. You need to get, get sassy about it. <laughs> Another thing I noticed as I was studying is that um, fear will cause you to think unreasonably. Turn to Matthew 14, 22. This is a story of when Jesus walked... Uh, Jesus was walking on the sea, and Peter got out of the boat. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat, go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came. All right, let me turn this sideways. That's better. But the boat was now in the, in, in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately, and I'm actually not even focusing on that part, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Peter stepped out in faith. Then he got afraid. His, he Fear is unreasonable. It says that Peter began to look at the waves and see that they were boisterous. Well, the wind was boisterous. The wind was just as boisterous when he stepped out the first time and he was doing it. He was walking on the water. He got out of the boat, was walking on the water in the same exact conditions as when he got scared and he started to fall under Fear makes you think unreasonably. It's not reasonable. If he thought about it, oh, well, it was just like this when I first stepped out. It was no different. It was a storm in the beginning. It was a storm the whole time. It was just as windy. It doesn't say that it just all of a sudden, you know, got really, really crazy. It was just as boisterous. And he was doing it. He was doing something so epic. He was with Jesus. And fear will cause you, the enemy will use what Peter was looking at to get him to act. He said he looked at his, he looked at it and was thinking, wow, you know, it's getting really windy. He's probably thinking, oh my gosh, 
you know, it's nighttime. If I fall in this water, they're probably never finding me. I've gotten really far from the boat. You know, all those thoughts, he gave in to fear and he started to sink. You know, fear causes you to think unreasonable, unreasonably. And, and after studying this and thinking in my own life of areas where I reacted in fear, I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so dumb. That was completely unreasonable. It didn't even make sense. It's, it's crazy how we can yield to something that it's so unreasonable. Another example is in Genesis, Genesis 3.8. I think for time's sake, I'll just read it. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Well, why were they afraid? Everything God had done for them at this point had been so amazing. The time that they spent with him, they fellowshiped with him every day. Why would that change? Because they messed up. Did that make it change? Did that just, why run from him? It didn't change anything. Why yield to that? What if instead they ran to God when they knew they messed up? The God who was good to them, spent time with them every day, who they talked to every day, they shared everything. Why didn't they just, we need to go tell him, we need to go talk to him now. You know, what if they'd done that instead? Things might have been different today. But instead, they yielded to fear. They got afraid and they ran from God. It's so much a picture of what we do today. We mess up and then we don't even want to hear what God has to say. We don't even want to look his direction. We don't want to hear what the saints have to say. Not listening to that. Why? Has God not been good to you? Has he not taken care of you and been good every time? It's unreasonable to think God's going to come down and just whap you on the head. If you've ever felt like that, well, it wasn't God. I'll just tell you that right now. That wasn't God. And, and maybe even someone said, maybe someone else came up and said something to you, and it felt like the big whap on the head. <laughs> that probably wasn't God either. You know, go to God. The first thing you do when you mess up, run to him. Stay in church. Come back in these doors. Don't hide off. It's not, it's, it's what fear wants you to do. You're yielding exactly to his plan. And don't do it. It's not worth it. What happened to Job when we study the story of Job in the Bible? We're not going to turn to it for time's sake. Job had, Job's stories, it is like a horror story. I mean, it's, it's like one of the worst stories in the Bible. Job yielded to fear. He was terrified that what happened to him, he lost his family, he lost all his wealth, everything. All kinds of horrible things happened to him. He yielded to fear. He responded out of fear and when you yield to fear, it's been, I've heard it compared to the spiritual law of reaping and sowing. You draw that thing to you. 
And I've seen it happen in people's lives. I've seen people who are afraid of something. You know, people, people are so afraid of losing someone that they grip too tight. And they smother a person to where they don't even want to be around them anymore. And then the thing that they're fearing happens. It's like you, you react in a way that can cause that thing to happen. We're not yielding to fear. Amen? Because of fear, people lie. They hide things. They attack people. I mentioned earlier how Saul was afraid that David would eclipse him. So he went after him. He tried to kill him. It, it was, that was never God's plan. Saul, it never should have gone down the way that it did for Saul. God had good things for him, and he yielded to fear. Fear of people not liking you can cause you to be rude to people. I've seen that happen. I've done it myself. Just insecurity and fear of, oh, no, no, they're not going to like me, so I'm going to be, like, super standoffish and... And you end up being the one who's rude. It's more unreasonableness. Amen? I once heard a minister say that um, the devil was just harassing him about dying early. And he said that he had a bunch of people, uncles, um, family members who died really young. And he was at one of their funerals even and he was really nervous, like, oh, this is going to happen to me. You know, the devil was just harassing him. He said he was even standing at the casket of one of his uncles who was really young. And someone would come up and be like, you look just like him. You know, the exact wrong thing that he needs to hear at that moment. And so he's thinking, yeah, and I'm probably going to die just like him. He said the devil just tormented him over it. And finally, he... he Ask God, you know, what to do in this situation. And the Holy Spirit just prompted him on the inside to say, well, devil, if I'm going to die, why haven't you done it already? If you're going to kill me, why haven't you done it already? He said it got real quiet. (laughs) You know, ultimately he got the victory, you know, and he learned to rebuke that spirit and never entertain those thoughts. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will come up with just the perfect thing. Like, hey, if you're really going to do that, why am I still here? Why is everything okay? This doesn't make any sense. God's good. God, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need. You know, you do your part and he will do his part. You know, he... That minister could have pulled out every healing scripture in the book, but God, God gave him that. The Holy Spirit spoke to him, that to him, gave him that boost he needed, and it just reminded him of his authority and his place. Like, I don't have to put up with this. This is crazy. When I find myself beginning to yield to fear, the first thing I do, I always rebuke that spirit of fear. It has no place. You take it out of the equation. You kick it out. And then I deal with the situation, and I, I ask God for clarity, and I always hear from God when I deal with that first, and then I do what he says to do. If it's just spending time with him or it's reading scriptures that help me with my situation, 
He always, I always deal with it that way. I always rebuke it first and then go to God. Turn to um, Hebrews eleven twenty three. Actually, skip that. We're not going to do that one. Don't. Um, I want to make sure I bring this up. Turn to John fourteen twenty seven. Make sure that you don't confuse, and I know you probably this probably sounds silly, but don't confuse the Holy Spirit warning you about something with the spirit of fear. Um, I knew this lady once that she she had just enough word to confuse the two, and she would say things like, "Oh, the Holy Spirit." He just came on me. My my hair was standing up on the back of my neck, and I got cold chills, and I knew I wasn't supposed to go do that thing. I thought, wow, Holy Spirit sounds really scary. (laughs) Holy Spirit does not warn you of danger or warn you about things in that way. He never, ever will. It's subtle. If something's come up that you you need to steer clear of, you, it's like a green light or a red light. You just have a red light. There's nothing more. He doesn't give you a bunch of feelings about it. it it's, he's subtle. He's subtle, but he's there. Or it's just you won't have peace. You know when you're at peace and everything's cool. You won't have that peace. You'll go that direction and just feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. But it's never scary. Never, ever, ever. Don't ever think that that's God when you feel that way. You know, now the Holy Spirit might tell you to stay out of a situation and then, and you recognize it and then you yourself could start meditating on it and getting into a place where you're really nervous and anxious and beginning to yield to fear about it. Now that's possible, but the Holy Spirit never warns you in that way. When I, um, when I worked and lived in Jacksonville, um, back in it was 16 years ago in 2000, <clears throat> um, I was involved in a bank robbery and it was the kind of place that you would never, we never dreamed would be robbed. And I've probably talked about this before. It was, um, mostly, um, an elderly bank. It was in a neighborhood where there was a lot of older people retired and just a sweet atmosphere. People loved to come in, and we'd have coffee and cookies, and people could come in. They loved to just chat, loved to chat, tell you about their children, their grandchildren. It was just, it was one of the best places I've ever worked. And, but it was a place that, it was such a nice, it was a neighborhood bank by the river, and not, I mean, we all go through the procedures if you work at a bank of what to do if there's a robbery and stuff, but none of us ever, ever, ever dreamed that would happen. But long story short, it happened, and it wasn't one of those things where they come up with a little note, they take the money, and they walk out. You know, We wished it had been like that. It wasn't like that. It was the kind of thing where they came in screaming, completely masked, I mean, every part of their skin masked. Just the slits of their eyes was all you could see. And, and all of them had guns, and they held them on everybody. And then they came back, and then they, you know, got all the money and everything. So, but I remember, you know, during that time, I was scared. 
I mean, I was shaking. I was in the very back in the drive-thru, and I heard the yelling, and I thought, well, maybe it's just an upset customer. And so I was, me and the other girl, there was only two of us back there, we're looking to see, and then I see what's going on. And, and I actually had a moment where I blacked out for a second while I was standing up because I have no memory. And then the next thing I know is standing right there in front of me. And I still, it's the weirdest thing for me to feel like I don't have any kind of control over <laughs> my brain, my body. It's just the weirdest thing. I don't remember, because we had this, like, gate that was up to here and had a, like, a trick lock that people didn't know about. Or maybe, maybe they knew about it. I don't know. I don't know how if he jumped. I don't know how he got through that. I just remember there he was. And they're taking all our money. And I was shaking, I was scared, but, you know, when I first saw them at the door, the first thing I did was I just started praising God. And, you know, when you start praising God, you know, God's on the scene. And I, I had the peace of God, but I was still shaking. I was still nervous. I was still physically, you know, alarmed at the situation But when I looked on the inside, I had total peace. And it was so recognizable. And I just started praising the Lord. I was just, I mean, I wasn't like, oh, you know. (laughs) I wasn't doing that. I mean, I was just quietly, you know, maybe even whispering. I don't even know if I was that loud. But I just started praising the Lord because the outcome was going to be good. And I knew it was going to be fine. And it was. They took their money and they left. Nobody got hurt. Everyone was exactly where they should have been. And. Anyway, everything turned out fine. But, you know, you can be in a situation like that, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, that's how I felt that day. But I believed God. God is good. He takes care of me. And just because you're shaking and you're scared and you're alarmed, you know, doesn't mean you're not standing. You know, it's like, I have peace. Look to the inside. And you will find that peace. God's good. Amen. So I have, before I'm done, I'm going to give you several scriptures. You don't have to look them up, but I do want you to uh, write them down. I have a bunch of fear not scriptures. First one is Genesis 15.1. I guess I can blow this up since I don't have my reading glasses. Genesis 15.1. Genesis 26.24. Genesis 46, 3, Exodus 14, 13, Deuteronomy 1, 21, Deuteronomy 31, 6, Matthew 28, 5. And you guys are in John 14, 27 right now, right? Should be. You know, if you read through some of these, um, there's some absolutely critical, critical moments in Bible history where God could have said a whole lot of things to these people. And he simply said so many times, fear not. He knew it was the one thing that could trip them up. Fear not. Don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. Don't yield to it. Don't let the devil steal your faith. 
It's the one thing. You know, people, people were in battles in some of these stories. They were surrounded by the enemy everywhere. And they go to God and all he says is fear not. I mean, they were probably looking for, you know, what strategy? You know, where do, you, where do we start? What do you want us, who do you want us to put on the battlefield first? God didn't do any of that. He just said, fear not. And when they didn't, they were, God was able to move miraculously. I want the miraculous God moving in my life, not the way that I would figure it out or handle it. I want his way, and I don't want to be in the way. If I yield to fear, I'm in his way. I want him to be able to move big time in my life. So read uh, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He gave us his peace. And you're thinking, well, that was God. No, he gave us his peace. He laid aside. The Bible says Jesus laid aside all. He laid aside the, the, the God parts of him. He operated as a man when he was here. He laid it aside. He had moments that would have robbed his peace. He goes out to speak. I mean, he's got a word from heaven. And people wanted to kill him. People taunted him. People chased him out of the temple. He, he had peace, just like us. In order to be fair for God, in order for us to have that peace, he laid it aside, and if he said we can have it, we can have his peace. Amen? And remember, last thing, you know, we were not built, designed by God to carry worry and fear. We physically aren't designed for that. Worry and fear will tear down your body. It'll tear down your emotions. And they've proven in science, it will kill people. It does. People die an early death because they're just constantly gripped with fear. <clears throat> God never designed us to be that way. Amen? So let's not do it. Let's never yield to fear in any situation. You don't have to. Amen? Praise God. God's good. God... God knows what we need, and, and he knows when we need it, and it's really simple. It, it's just, you know, take your authority. You are a child of God. Tell that fear to go, and don't, don't meditate on it. You want to meditate and think on stuff. Your brain d- goes all day long. Find your scriptures, and remember, remember, you're going to meditate on how big God is, and let him move in your life. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.